Um, but I really do feel compelled to get into the Word of God, knowing what I'm preaching and, and just taking notes, uh, even through worship. If you recall, we've kind of been processing a, a series on the second letter of Paul to the church in Corinth. We started in the second letter, not the first, because if you, I, I've talked about this a few times, but, but the reality was the church in Corinth he had a lot of problems. Paul started that church. He planted that church. We, we read that in the book of Acts. And in the first letter, he, he's addressing a lot of the issues that are arising in the church in Corinth. In the second letter, he addresses some, but, but the, the tenor of this letter just seems to be a little bit different. Uh, there's a lot of encouragement in, this, in, in the second letter of, of Corinthians. And, and the verse in this, in this book that, that kind of compelled me in this, in this letter is, is, is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. I feel like this kind of gives us a picture of what Paul accomplishes in this letter. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. What Paul does a lot in the book of 2 Corinthians is he's giving us images. And he's showing us what happens when these images are transformed. I'll put the pictures up again, just so we're all on the same page. Pastor Steve's simplicity. It's almost like Paul's saying there's a negative image, which I have up there. And, and, and when we allow the glory of the Lord to, to shine on that, it can present this, this positive image. Remember I read about just photography and how basically they say, in order for a picture to go from a negative to positive, someone shines light through the negative onto special paper, and it makes a positive image. And so what Paul has been doing in this second letter uh, to the church in Corinth is that he's been taking situations. Remember, we talked about trials or, or sufferings. And he said, shine the light of God. He didn't say that. Pastor said that, but that's basically what I think he's implying. And, and realize that the God of all comfort... Is here, And so we have our sufferings, we have our trials, but when we let the light of God shine through that, we have comfort. Remember last week we talked about offense or unforgiveness and how that, that, that God can transform us when we allow the light of God to shine on our offense and we can live set free in forgiveness, not bound by unforgiveness. I want to continue. We're only in, in chapter 2 uh, of the, the second letter, but I want to continue in that letter with a few verses this morning. We're going to read verses 14 through 17. And as we do this day, I, I just want God to speak to our hearts. I'm going to pray, Father, we thank you this morning for, for what you've already accomplished here. We thank you for the presence of God, the power that's in the presence of God. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness that you inhabit the praises of your people. That when we're here, you're here with us. And God, we pray that you would continue the work that you've begun in this place. We ask God for our hearts, for our minds, for our thoughts to be yielded to you. God, I pray for every word that's on a paper that I will preach this day. God, I pray for every word that is spoken in this room and every word that is heard that it's spoken through the Spirit of God. We yield ourselves to you asking for your will to be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14 says, Thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma 
of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one we're an aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we don't peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. This morning, the, the reality that I want us to look like, to look at is, is Paul's talking about two things, right? Some things stink and some things smell good. I just want to ask you a question this morning. How do you smell? If you feel brave, ask the person next to you this morning, how do I smell? If you need to, we can go back and talk about forgiveness if we need to do that too now. But the reality that I want us to look at today is, is this compelling idea that Paul's presenting that we are the body of Christ we are the aroma of the knowledge of Christ he says and to some it's a good smell and to some it's a bad smell you know good smells and bad smells we're faced with them all the time I was thinking in my life of some of those moments that are seared in my mind of good smells and bad smells typically it's the bad smells more so than the good I can think about the time that I was going to Bible college and my grandma dropped me off at the bus station in Cincinnati, Ohio and I took a bus from Cincinnati to to Louisville. And I will tell you, there were some aromas, but it was not the aroma of Christ on the back of a Greyhound bus traveling from Cincinnati to Louisville. I remember when I was on a flight home from Paris on a mission trip and, and I got to sit in the very back row of the plane next to the, to the, to lavatories and, and the gentleman sitting next to me was, was a large gentleman who probably should have had two seats, but he had half a mind, so it didn't matter to him. And the smells on that trip, man, the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. Whew! You know what I'm saying? Now, this is not directed... Uh, please, I hope people realize when I preach, I'm not preaching at someone. The aromas. When I think of aromas, I start thinking of church ladies. Typically there's one, and I'm not looking at anyone, I'm going to close my eyes, that likes to bathe in perfume before they come to church and they have no idea how strong the the fragrance of of their aroma might be. You know what I'm saying? Like when Trevor went on his first date with Josie and he got out the old spice and he just dumped it on his face and head and everything else. I'm talking about like no idea how bad he really smelled. He thought he was something special. Welcome back, Trevor. (laughs) What do we do? You know, the reality is is that sometimes things smell good and sometimes things don't smell good. So what do we do? What do we do when we recognize that we don't smell good? I mean, we, we all have a smell, right? So what do I do? When I recognize my smell isn't what it should be, I've got to take a bath. I mean, this, this whole conversation about how do you smell, it probably starts with the bath. Trevor had to take a shower, probably four of them after that day, to get the, the residual old spice off of, off of his hair follicles. I don't know that, Trevor, I'm sorry. Confession, Trevor may not have done that. I made that all up. You know, Acts chapter 22 says, And now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on His name. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have had sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you are. Some of you stink is really what that's saying. But do what? But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. I know this morning as we start talking about how we smell, we have to start with the reality that sometimes we stink. Sometimes we smell. And when we do, we've got to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. We've got to be washed in the blood that was, that was sacrificed so I could be made whole. You know, as, as we start this conversation, I guess I'll, I'll start by asking, how do you smell? If you think you stink, then how have you been washed? Because that verse says that we believers says that we're the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. You see, what better transformation is there than the bathtub? A kid can go in there, stinky, smelly, whatever, and come out, someone you want to cuddle and snuggle and eat up. You know what I'm saying? Like, the product of transformation is absolutely revealed. We're talking about Paul speaking in this letter about being transformed by, by the light of God. And, and, and what greater way do we see transformation than, than, than the dirty six-year-old that gets in the tub and, and the clean six-year-old that comes out? I mean, sometimes I'm amazed at how much dirt my kids accumulate throughout the course of the day. It's a different kid when they come out. I know them sometimes. I don't recognize them anymore. Transformation. There's transformation that happens when we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And suddenly, we allow ourselves to be the product of transformation. That's, that's what's coming from us is the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. Now, what is that? What does that look like? Like, What does the Word say about, about what that is? I'm just going to read just a couple of things in this same chapter that I believe should be coming from us. How should we smell? Paul writes in this same chapter, in the beginning about a painful visit, but when he says, I wrote as I did so that when I came, I would not be distressed by those who should have not or should have made me rejoice. I had confidence in all of you that you would share my joy. For I wrote out a great distress and anguish of, of heart with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. Man, if we're going to have the fragrance of the aroma of Christ, we're going to have to live in love. Paul is writing to a church. I'll tell you what, church, church ugliness, church fights, church bitterness, whatever happens, the, the lack of love in that room is apparent. It stinks. It's a wretched smell that anyone can recognize. I will tell you that, that when a body of Christ gets together and we don't have love for one another, it stinks. It doesn't smell good. It doesn't smell good to us, and it doesn't smell good to others. Now, the problem with that is, sometimes we all experience like old factory fatigue. That's where you smell something so long, you don't smell it anymore, so you don't realize how much old spice you put on, because you can't even smell it anymore. 
And we live without love so much that I don't even think we recognize the lack of our love for one another. If we're going to live in, in the knowledge of Christ, the aroma of the knowledge of Christ, we must be living in love. That's a genuine love for one another. Paul called it the depth of his love. Galatians chapter 5, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another Humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, Scripture says, by our love they will know. How do you smell? We've talked about, we've been wrestling through the the idea of fellowship. Having glad and sincere hearts, it talks about in Acts chapter 2, for one another. What do you smell like? You know, last week, we'll do this fast. The knowledge of Christ, the aroma of the knowledge of Christ means we must live in forgiveness. I'm not going to go down this road again because we preached it last week. If anyone has caused grief, this is all in this same chapter. This is what's come before Paul writing about the fragrance of the knowledge or the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he's grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it too severely, the punishment inflicted on him is by the majority is sufficient. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. How do we live in love? We live like Colossians 3 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Once again, why do we spend services talking about forgiveness? Because when we don't forgive, it stinks. Bitterness and anger and death basically rise up within us. And, and that's, the, that's the fragrance that's coming from us. Like, you've got a smell. You have a smell. What do you smell like? What else does the Word talk about? I read Second Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 14. Because there's something about the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. We talk about it has to be found in love. It has to be found in forgiveness. But I want to read this verse. But, but thanks be to God who always leads us how. How is he leading us? As captives. Now, I, I don't know about you, but, but I don't like that thought really. Like in my flesh... That just sounds weird. He's leading us as captives where? In Christ's triumphal procession. Now that seems like a double negative or like contradiction there. I'm a captive in Christ's triumphal procession. I will tell you, to live in the knowledge of the aroma of Christ, we must live in submission. I'm going to come back because, man, I I love this uh, as, I, as I was wrestling through this, I really feel like the picture Paul was painting with these verses. Yes, love. Yes, forgiveness. But this submission piece is the start of something incredible. Paul is writing to a people who would understand what he's referring to. And so when we read about captives being led in a triumphal procession, it doesn't really resonate much with us. But he knew the people he was writing to. He knew that he could take... Do you know how there are smells that you associate with something? And just because of that smell, it triggers something in you? I was talking to Cheryl Witt at the football game one Friday night, 
and, and she said, um, Mike just got some, some, some rough cut pine and he's got it stacked in his garage. And she said, Pastor, it's just like when we were out at the fort and they bring in the horse chips for the, for the horse stalls and it just smells the same. I mean, how smells, they trigger something in us. Well, Paul knows that there's a smell that will trigger something in everyone he writes that letter to. He knows that that as he writes this letter, when he starts talking about captives and triumphal procession, people will all go to the same place. In that time, there were military conquests and empires and people were trying to grow, right? And Rome's fighting people and other people are fighting. and, And so what would happen? There'd be a military battle and then they would bring back from that battle captives. And you know what they would do? They'd have a parade. And what would happen when they had a parade was, was they would have the captives behind the, the, the general, whoever was in charge, the military leader, he would lead that parade, and, and then behind them would be all the prisoners of war. And now you know what happened to the prisoners of war? They died. But you know what happened in town when, when this procession started? People would start to hear that they're coming and then the general's coming back and they'd start putting up garland and they'd start burning incense and, and they'd start cooking meals and so suddenly there's this aroma of flowers and, and incense and, 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 and I guess you would call it tailgating or whatever that's, that's in the air that, that when people smelled it, they knew that was the smell of victory. And so Paul says, you're the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. But he says, you're being led as captives. I will tell you, the smell of victory was very different to the one in handcuffs. Do you know what that smell meant to them? To one, we are an aroma that brings death. Man, when they started smelling the garland, when they started smelling the incense, when they started smelling the the grills going, they knew that meant death to the other. An aroma that brings life. How, how do you smell? You see, because the reality is we have to, to live in a place. Of, I, I was thinking, Mike, you can correct me. Maybe you know better than I. There's a smell in western Nebraska that I'm guessing no one else really likes. I mean, the scent of hair and flesh of calves burning. Like to some, that's life. It means branding. It means fun. It means social activity. It means, it means what's coming, right? Man, to others, that means that stuff stinks. Come home from a branding, my kids say, Dad, where you been? I mean, the aroma, based on our perspective, To some, 
To some, it's an aroma that brings death. To others, it's an aroma that brings life. But we're the captives. How, how does that work? We're the ones that are living in submission. So, so how now are we in the triumphal procession as the captives? We're the ones that, that when the smell comes, it's supposed to take us to a place of death. How? What is Paul trying to tell us? He's not just saying, I live in submission, but he's saying, I live in victory. Because through submission, by being a captive of the Most High, I'm now going to win. Yes, my flesh died, but I don't care about that no more. I have the promise of eternal life that is Jesus Christ. I have the promise of a hope in Jesus Christ. And so no longer does, does that smell that, that, that it is, no longer does it take me to a place of death, but it takes me to a place of life. Man, if we lived in victory, what would that smell like? I smell something coming from the kitchen. It smells good. What does it smell like? When we live knowing victory, Romans chapter 6, I just want to read these verses. Listen, this is what was, but thanks be to you that God through you, or, or, or thanks be to God, sorry, that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have now come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and you've become a slave to righteousness. Do you see that? You were once in another kingdom and now you've become a slave to righteousness. Your submission is now to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As we were in worship, I was writing down what words we were singing. We sang a song and we just kept saying, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Like, did we realize when we were singing that, we were singing for the Lord to come? That's a place of submission. We sang... Lord God Almighty, He reigns. Well, what is a reign? He's not talking about the stuff that comes from the cloud, but it's talking about His kingdom that I'm now a part of. I was once a slave to sin, but now I'm a captive in the kingdom of God. I was once a slave to sin, but now I'm a slave to righteousness. We sang praise to the King of Kings. Do we really believe that He's the King of Kings? Because if we believe that He's the King of Kings, I'm no longer a slave to my flesh or a slave to sin, but I'm a slave to righteousness. It should change the smell that comes from us. We should be living... Go ahead and skip that next verse. We should be living in victory. It says in 1 John verse 5, Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Do you see what Deuteronomy chapter 20 tells us? I'm a part of the winning team. The Lord your God will go with you. He's the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to do what? 
Man, isn't there a little bit of a pep in our step? Isn't there a little bit of aroma that comes when we realize that we got the big guy over our shoulder? Man, how, how do you smell? Because quite frankly, I feel like a lot of times the church smells more like defeat than it does victory. And so many times the, the aroma we give is one of losing, not winning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But thanks be to God, He gives us victory. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not the, the, the captivity that defines us. It's the reality of who we are in Him. I'm a captive of the Most High. And He's celebrating in this triumphal victory. What is He celebrating? He's celebrating the reality that it is finished. He's celebrating the reality that sin and death has been defeated. But we don't live in the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. We live in the aroma of of the captivity of our flesh. And so when my life starts to look a little bit different, and so when my circumstances start to be a little bit skewed, I start living in the reality of my flesh. Well, flesh says, guess what? Sickness equals death. The aroma of the knowledge of Christ says, I've given you a gift. It's called eternal life through Jesus Christ. How how do you smell? Like what's coming from you? Do you live in love? You guys can get ready to come forward. I don't know what you're going to play, but that's yours to figure out. Do you live in forgiveness? Have you allowed yourself to be submitted to the Lord Jesus that we cried out to today? Have you declared that He is the King of Kings in your life? And that your choice is to be a part of His kingdom? Because I promise you, we win. You know, yesterday, first day of college football, Joe's got his Nebraska shirt on this morning. Got to be honest, I'm not very confident right now. I'm not so certain we win. South Alabama, man. I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I know what that feels like. I don't know if we're going to win, but I'm a part of the kingdom of God.
and he's already won. Do you realize that? He's leading us as captives in his triumphal procession. Now, we don't plan the parade before we win the championship. How can he have a triumphal procession if he hasn't won? Do we live like we've won? Do we live like the power of sin has been defeated? Do we live like we've been set free? We were once a slave to sin, but now we're a slave to righteousness, that we've been made right. I have been made right by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been made right by His sacrifice. Do we live realizing that, that, that He is the author and finisher of it all? That we win because we're a part of His kingdom? We're a part of the triumphal procession. How do you smell? How do you smell? Do a pit check if you need. I'm the one sweating, so... Don't check mine. Your life, to those around you, is the smell of the, the, the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. How well will people know who Christ is from how you smell? Will they even recognize him? Would they wonder who he is? We're, we're the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. Maybe you need a light to shine on your negative to bring about that image that is the knowledge of him. Maybe you need the reality that God is the victor to be revealed in your life this day. Maybe you need a demonstration of his love. Maybe you need the revelation of his forgiveness. Maybe you need to say, hey, I can't do this anymore, but i got to lay myself down. Walt was, Walt was talking about in worship, prostrating ourselves before, before God. Why would we bow down before God? Isn't that the ultimate act? He said it of submission. Think about that. You're going to your enemy and you're bowing down before them. You're exposing your back. Mike Chin, he's not in the service this morning, so I'll talk about him. He can't sit with his back to the door because he doesn't want his back exposed. It's a danger. And we're saying submission. We bow ourselves so our backs, we're fully exposed to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How do you smell? Father, this morning I pray for us in this place. God, I pray for the, the Word of God. God, I pray for transparency. God, I pray that we could be honest with ourselves and with You. And God, if there's some in here, if there's anyone in this room, God, that recognizes, man, I stink. Like, stink, stink like back of the Greyhound bus stink, like Trevor with Old Spice stink, God, I pray that we could be washed in the blood of the Lamb.
God, I pray that blood that transforms would be applied to us. I pray that every bit of uncleanliness, that anything within us that is unclean would be washed in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, would be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed, Scripture says, for the forgiveness, for the remission of our sin. God, this morning, let us be washed. God, if we need to be reminded of love, if we need to be reminded of forgiveness, if we need the recognition of submission or we just need the reality of victory, God, I pray it will be revealed to us. God, I pray that confidence that comes through knowing we win, that confidence that comes through knowing that, yeah, in this world we will have trials, but but we take heart because you said you've overcome this world. We overcome. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Neither death, nor heights, nor nor angels, nor principalities. There's nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. God, that's, that's who we are. And I pray that that's what people smell. That's the aroma. That's the fragrance that comes from my life. The confidence. Not pride. The confidence that comes through knowing we win. The confidence that comes through knowing my sin has been forgiven. God, be with us this day. As Walton Carey lead us in a chorus, I would just invite you this morning, if you want to pray about the word that came, I'll be here to pray. If you just want to spend some time and smell yourself a little bit, Scrub up those areas that need to be scrubbed. Look at the Word of God. Dig into His Word. See where there's love. See where there's submission revealed. See where there's forgiveness demonstrated. See where there's victory. I want to be the aroma of the fragrance of Him. The knowledge of Him. If you want to pray, I'll be here to pray with you as well. I tell you, everybody that was at that parade smelled like victory. Everyone that was near that parade smelled like victory. And if you say, I don't know how to smell like the knowledge of Christ, get close to Him. I smell like the knowledge of Christ. My aroma is the knowledge of Him. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may others know because of the knowledge of Christ, the aroma of a knowledge of Christ that has come from you. Amen?